thank you for joining us this morning, despite the rain. You can really feel the joy of Christmas in here. So please join with me in our responsive call to worship that you'll find in your bulletins. As we gather in worship on this first Sunday of Advent, let us begin our journey into the season of Christmas with our souls poised with expectant hope and our spirits ready for boundless rejoicing. With joyful anticipation for the new spirit that Christ brings into our lives. With each new day the season brings and each new opportunity we're given to share God's love, this indeed is a season of hope unfolding. May our souls magnify the Lord and may our spirits rejoice in Christ with hope and receptive hearts, willing spirits and giving lives. Please join with me in prayer. God of all mystery and blessing, and God of our hope unfolding, as we gather and worship on this first day of Advent, we do so with special awareness that this is not just another Sunday or another season, but that this moment marks a new beginning for our very lives a day that we receive your new life through the spirit of Christmas as a gift from you. So bless us as we receive your gift, and with all that glitters at this time of year, may you ground us with your spirit in the hustle and bustle of our days and in the joyous revelry of parties and friends. And help us to honor the true spirit of Christmas by offering your gift of life to others with a simple blessing a prayer, or a helping hand. Instill in us this, your spirit of love and joy. This we pray as we join together in that which Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Happy Advent. Um, lots of announcements in the bulletin. I'll just highlight a few things. Four things today. First is that there are two tables left at the Advent workshop. So if there are any families that would like to join right after church, uh, two tables left. Uh, just come after church. Yep. Speak to Laura. Uh, second is that uh, prayer partners will be having uh, an in-person 
prayer, meditation, reflection at 11.30 in the youth room. I'll be leading that. Uh, if you'd like to start your Advent with um, a moment of prayer uh, in a group, uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, third is that Paul will be leading meditation this evening, uh, this afternoon at 4 in the library. Uh, and finally, giving tree. Uh, the giving tree is being set up as we speak right now. Uh, it has tags from people who have requested uh, gifts in our community. And you can pick one up. If you do pick one up, just sign your name and, and indicate uh, which tag you've given. Uh, Tracy Provost and, uh, and Lisa Ducey will be out there uh, this afternoon. But if you, if you pick up one and they're not there, just make sure that you put your name down on the list uh, next to the tree. Uh, okay, two things for next Sunday. Uh, first is that we'll be having a church meeting following worship, right after worship, uh, to approve the uh, search committee. So please stick around after that. We need a quorum. If you just stay uh, for that, that should be a relatively quick meeting. Uh, and finally, next Sunday, uh, Scott Whitmore will be leading Kiritat here in the sanctuary at 7 p.m. I've been to that. It's wonderful. It's meditative. And it's a great way to uh, uh, just celebrate the Advent season. Thank you. Look at the rest of the, uh, the notices in your bulletin. As uh, Dave and Katie mentioned, today is the first Sunday of Advent. Uh, Advent is the time in which we recognize the four promises uh, of, that come with the birth of Christ. Hope, peace, love, and joy. So it is my honor to welcome the Steckloff family to come and light our first candle, the candle of hope. Today is the beginning of Advent, a time that we prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. We're born here because God's promises to our ancestors came true when Jesus was born and because God's promise is kept each time we worship together. The birth of the Messiah was announced by the prophet Isaiah hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Isaiah wrote, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Isaiah had hope that one day the Messiah would come, and even though he may not live to see it, he rejoiced in the fact that it would happen. Isaiah also believed that when the Messiah did come, it would change the world. He was right. And so on this first Sunday of Advent, we celebrate all the ways that God calls us to be people of hope, to be a people who know that God is present in our lives. Let us join together in the responsive litany found in your bulletins. Christians around the world wait in hopeful expectation for the advent of Christ. Our 
because we're a people who believe, a people who have seen, and a people who have received the promises of Christ. Even in the midst of darkness and imperfection, we live with real hope. It is with hope in our hearts that we light this first candle of Advent. And thank you uh, to Steklofs and to our cherub choir. And as we get ready to sing our next hymn, um, I welcome you to sign the register, friendship register that's found in your bulletin. Uh, sign your name, write a note, uh, pass it along to your neighbor, and um, be sure to greet one another in fellowship hour, which will take place in the library today. Hit it, Elaine.
please be seated. As we take this time in quietness and in the spirit of prayer, we do have a, a number of people that we're going to ask you to keep in your prayers today. Um, first, Philip's father, Nemesio Betancourt, um, is undergoing heart surgery um, in the next couple of days. And so Philip and Jared and all the Betancourt family appreciate your support and your prayers for him. Um, one of our church friends, Joan, is undergoing um, some very serious medical uh, conditions and um, we just need some hefty prayers for her family uh, as they face this really rather tragic time um, ahead. So prayers for her, please. Um, we also give prayers to the Goodman's grandson, Will Warnock, who had some surgery uh, earlier this week. So we pray for a good outcome and continued health for him. And um, we also ask your prayers for Roma Fenton. Roma uh, fell earlier right at Thanksgiving while she was up in Maine. She is now returned um, back here and is in a rehabilitation place. If you would like to send a card, you can do so to our home and it will be sent to her. Um, and we wish her, I believe she's probably watching, so we wish you a speedy recovery, Roma. And then we have two uh, great prayers of Thanksgiving. First, um, we, uh, again, I believe last week we recognized the 50-year anniversary of Ray and Nancy Long, but it's always good to do it again because how many of us get to hit that milestone? So continued prayers and wishes for longevity continued. Uh, and then also uh, uh, Mary Louise Murphy-Smith came into the world, daughter of CJ and Emmy uh, Murphy-Smith, and um, so we celebrate that new birth as well. So with those prayers, and then the prayers that are deep within our own hearts, let's take this time to lift them all to God. Let us pray. God of hope, we remember that the hope of the world came to us in a child. And that event, in its quietness and in its simplicity, draws us to you in prayer. And we rejoice in the Christ child, and we are reminded that you have called us to be your children as well. So we thank you for that gift of Jesus. We thank you for the joy of this season, for the love of family, and for the warmth of a home, for the celebration of worship and the inspiration of music, and for the peace of Christ, which surpasses all our understanding. Keep us strong in your spirit, God. Let us focus ourselves in doing your will, so we may help to live out your purposes here on earth. And we realize, God, that we have made your perfect world imperfect. 
So we pray that our own individual actions and words will help reveal the truth of your word and that you will guide us in all the important decisions which affect our future. We see about us the struggle for human rights and the basic necessities of life. We see about us the devastation of war. So we pray our prayer on this Sunday of hope for the Palestinians, the Israelis, the Ukrainians, and the Russians. May they all see the light of your love for all your people and work towards peaceful resolutions to their conflicts. And by the power of our own prayers and through our own actions, let us share in those struggles to relieve the world's sorrows and to do our part in peacemaking in our own communities. Just as the wise men made their journey to Bethlehem, we too begin this season of Advent, ready to renew our own journey of faith, ready to travel the road to Bethlehem in search of the Messiah, ready to receive Christ once again into our daily lives. And we know, God, that sometimes we will falter and maybe even fail. We are acutely aware of our limitations, our hurts, our anxieties. But we are acutely aware of your love for us, of your forgiveness for us. And you call us to the manger, knowing that we will find our own place of belonging there, because you invite us to be there. Christ was and is the light that shined out of darkness into the world for everyone to see. So let us live in this hope of Christ as we receive him into our hearts and may your love fill our hearts and minds with hope for all. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. in the future, there is power in the present. So let us share our gifts of hope for all things seen and unseen. Let us lovingly give, give our gifts to God in the sure knowledge that God will lead us to use them wisely and powerfully to do good in our world. So in this spirit, our morning offering will be shared and humbly received and joyously shared again.
prayer of dedication. Loving God, with the coming of your Son into our world, we have every reason to believe that your kingdom on earth will be made manifest and that good will triumph, both through your spirit and through our efforts. We ask that you bless these gifts that we offer for your service and use both them and us to radiate your light of hope to those in need of love, support, and encouragement. Amen.
Lauren and I were talking about uh, celebrations, and we also wanted to lift up, there was a wonderful wedding that was held here yesterday. Um, Allie Klutz and Brad Sforza, along with their kids, Ford and Penelope, and we were standing right here and, um, and inviting God's blessing, and it is wonderful to have you with us this morning on the first day of your honeymoon. Priorities, there you go. So as it's been mentioned, today is the first Sunday of Advent, and uh, with this focus being on hope, we turn to what may at first seem to be an unusual passage of Scripture at this time of year, because it comes from the Old Testament book of Chronicles, and it's about a man who you probably have never heard of. His name is Jabez. And yet, even though he's pretty obscure, he's been remembered for 3,000 years, not because he was a king, not because he was a prophet, or because he was rich or powerful, but because he prayed a little prayer, and then he lived it out. And through that prayer and through that example and the light that he shines, lives change. And This is found in the first book of Chronicles, chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. And just before I read these passages, it's helpful for us to know that there are also eight other passages, eight other verses that precede these verses of 9 and 10. And the reason why um, we're not reading these is because I don't want to bore you to death. Because what they do in these first eight, pa- eight verses is that they recount, name by name, person by person, Jabez's family lineage starting nine generations back. And it goes through everyone who begat everyone else. And so I'll spare you those details. But interestingly, in that long list, it names every father and their sons until intriguingly, you get to Jabez. And at that point, it says this. And here's our passage. It says, Jabez was honored more than his brothers. And his mother named him Jabez, which means pain. It means trouble and suffering. Because she said, I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from hurt and harm. And God granted what he asked. And that is it. It is simple. It is elegant, and it is powerful. May God bless me. May you be with me. May you keep me from hurt and harm. God, may you bless our understanding and our living of this word of abundant life. Forging hope. Growing up, I used to think that hope was weak, that hope was passive, that hope was not dependable, 
Like maybe, you know, maybe you get something you hope for, and maybe you don't. Like, I hope my team wins. I hope I win the lottery. It seemed like wishful thinking. But this morning, we're going to get to know hope as something that is not something that you passively just sit back and wait for. But we're going to talk about what, what I termed in last week's men's group, hope with teeth on it. <laughs> and they said, really? I said, yeah. Something that we make happen that is powerful. What am I talking about, hope with teeth on it? You know, a few months ago, we had just found out about how United Illuminating had been deceiving us. All of Southport, all of Fairfield, Bridgeport. How they slipped by their plans to clear-cut seven miles worth of trees and take 19 acres of land by easements and eminent domain and put up a whole brand new seven-mile-long strip of 10 to 20-story tall towering poles higher than any building in Southport or Fairfield, literally making the high-voltage wires and towers, making themselves the centerpiece and the highest over everything in our town, seen by miles, taking 6,800 square feet of our church property, for free. Who'd like to have a 6,800 square foot house for free? But who can fight them? They're big. They're powerful. It takes time. It takes tenacity. It takes effort. It takes money. They have the state behind them. And they were and they are plowing through, trampling over everyone. And they were and they are almost done with their approval process. Who can stop them? It was like they took the wind out of our sails. But then there was a very small group of people who found out what was happening, who found out what they were doing, and who said no. And we started taking action. We started letting people know. We started writing to our community, contacting our elected leaders, taking the effort to attend their, their very boring meetings. <laughs> Some of you, I have signed on to those meetings. You know what I'm talking about. We took the effort to organize a protest, create signs, put out the signs, work to get publicity, work behind the scenes, raise money. You guys have, many of you have donated money to defend. It's going to cost a lot, hundreds of thousands of dollars, so that high voltage poles don't become the centerpiece of our town. We started gathering volunteers, and Laura and I and several of our church members, and I'm going to mention their names, Tim Stort, Tammy Chapman, John Trainer, Dave Stort, and community members have been put in dozens of hours a week for months to fight this. And you have start, started to donate and join the fight, and others have. Before we started, before we started, almost no one, including us, knew about this, and almost no one was fighting why it's too overpowering. 
There is no hope. You know what happens, though, when one person, when one group fights and starts trying for the benefit of others? The whole town of Bridgeport at first wasn't even fighting. United Illuminated was too big of an adversary. But now people have begun feeling the strength and are signing on and feeling the hope. Just recently, the town of Bridgeport, big town of Bridgeport, just signed on to join the fight. Why? Because when one person and when one group fights and tries, that creates hope. Now there's hope. Now there is hope because of all of this drudgery work that's put in by a relative few. And what started with a few has grown with continuing effort and money and more boring meetings and letters written and lawyers hided. There's hope with teeth on it. Hope that has been fought for. Hope that has been created worked into existence out of despair. Forging this kind of hope is what our faith is about. Despair is contagious. Faith is also contagious. When somebody believes in you, when somebody is going to fight for you and feels that you are worth it, as a human being, that will change your life. Last Thursday night, Laura and I and many people from our church and community went to an event to support a different kind of hope. A hope that has been forged by some of our own church members with the creation of educational opportunities supporting children from Bridgeport who if people did not do anything and were more comfortable just going golfing and sitting at home, they would be without hope and without help. And their education and their futures, their possibility to rise up and to rise out would be dim. But the other night, we celebrated the efforts of, of a couple of our church members, Brad and Barbara Evans. Sorry for embarrassing you. But they helped create the Sacred Heart Horizons program that we also support as a church. That by the hard work and dedication and contributions from a whole host of people, including a couple of our members who, who, who put the thing on, Alyssa Ryan and Paige Tremaine, they have literally created life-saving hope. The kind of hope, this isn't the kind of hope that just falls out of the sky, that maybe happens or doesn't happen, but hope that has been forged. I have this image of a, of a blacksmith in his shop or her shop. There's sweat dripping, there is the red hot fire, and this blacksmith is pulling out with tongs the, the iron and just slapping it onto the anvil, and then just begins pounding away on that red hot iron into a shape that the blacksmith has in mind. That's how I envision this kind of, of hope. 
that faith creates. We create hope. So don't sit on the sidelines. Commit. Contribute. Forge this kind of hope. And by the way, you know what? I'm also, when I was sitting there on Thursday night and I was thinking about this, those horizons that have been created through Sacred Heart, I'm so proud of our church's leadership in so many areas where we forge hope and get involved and commit and give. I think about the leadership of so many of these kind of inner city educational efforts where Christina Whitaker, she's one of our members, she's the executive director of Greens Farms Academy Horizons program. Tim Stewart helped create the Shepherds program. Real life cases of hammering life-saving help into existence. And that's why we turn to this man, Jabez, because he creates this kind of posture. And he did this not from a position of, of strength or privilege. He created hope from a very rough start. He began his life with very little promise of hope, starting with his name. My God, his name means pain. Trouble, suffering, reminded of that every time his mother calls his name. What a powerful reminder that you're not even worth the try. I told Laura and our, and our kids sometimes that, you know, sometimes my, my mom would call me and, and my, my brothers, my sister, lazy good for nothing. It's like, man. <laughs> Not just lazy. <laughs> Good for nothing. I was telling men's group last Thursday that before I went into the ministry, um, I did some work with um, at the maximum security prison in, in Hartford. And I would sit in a room with these men and every one of them had killed someone. Not because they were inherently bad. That was the weird thing. They were kind of normal people who had absolutely no chance. They were treated like dirt under a shoe growing up. Neglect. Alcoholism, missing parents, demeaning, lonely. So they felt worthless. They felt so worthless. I, I, I've, I've shared this before. Many of them, this group and, and other people in that, in that prison, they felt so bad that they tattooed on their knuckles. This is a very common thing in prison. With using a, a straight pen and an ink from a, a pen, it would tattoo... B-O-R-N-L-O-S-E-R for the world to see. That was their identity. That's how they felt. Jabez's name was pain, trouble, 
suffering. What kind of an impact does that have on a person? You know, and by the way, the name Jesus, I don't know if you know what his name means. His name is literally translated and it means God will save us. God will save us. God does save us through you and through me by God. We take that power. We take what we hear. We take what we know. We take what we feel. And either we sit on it or it comes through us and saves and helps and changes. Jesus' name also means healer, one who helps. God does that through you and me. What creates your hope? Getting back to Jabez, one theologian put it this way. Here we have a picture of a young man who has all the cards stacked against him. You notice when you examine the genealogy that's listed in the earlier verses, you notice that it lists the names of the fathers of every generation of the past nine generations, and it also lists the names of the brothers of each generation. Until that is, you get to the name Jabez. And then his father's name is left out, as are his brothers. Why? Because his father was erased from the temple records, expunged, and his brother's names were also expunged from the temple's records. Why? Because they'd done something so wrong that they were blotted out. That's what they did. He was born into that kind of shame. The thing is, Every family has some kind of history, right? Maybe you didn't grow up in the most loving family. Maybe that's your legacy. Maybe your family didn't share their emotions or support. Maybe they didn't motivate you enough or as much as you would have liked. Maybe you had an overly judgmental or critical parent we know people who have a family history of emotional abuse, physical abuse, substance abuse. Maybe you carry a biological legacy and that's weighing on you of, of, of illness, mental illness, some physical illness, cancer. With any of these things, we know that some people understandably just want to put their head in their hands and say, why? Why did I get this bum deal thrust upon me? Why do I even bother? If only things were different. But that is not forging hope. Which is why you will never find anything like an if only refrain anywhere in any part of our faith. Jabez started his life behind the eight ball. No property, no way of earning to start earning a living, born into rejection, name of pain, 
In the midst of this incredible emotional pain, though, what does he do? Does he gripe and and complain at how unfair things are? You know, I was thinking about this, and I thought, you know, maybe he did. I would, certainly for a while. But then what? Then at some point, he prays, Lord, may you bless me. May you be with me. May you keep me from hurt and harm. He calls on God's promise to be a support and a hope. And then he does a really interesting thing. He receives it. He receives it down to his bones. And then he gives it to others. And as a people of faith, that's who we are. That's what we do. That's how we support. That's how we receive help from others. And that is why we forge God's hope. This is who you are. And you know what? You always have another chance. And that chance starts today. Amen. As people of faith, as people who believe, as people who are seeking, as people who are just kind of curious, this is a table of, a table of hope. This is a table of, of universal welcome. This is a table of healing. This is a table of nourishment. And all are invited, not because I invite you, not because we invite you, because God invites you to this table, every person. This is given to us not because of anything that we have done in our past, good or bad. This is done for us out of pure love. And when we eat of this bread, when we drink of this cup, we are embodying this love to receive it, to have a new start, to have that strength, to enjoy that love, and to let it shine in everything that we say and do as we give strength and help and hope to others.
Come, for all things are now ready. And as we do, we remember Jesus' words and his actions as he was with his disciples in that upper room. Just about before he was to be betrayed. And he took this bread and he gave thanks and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them. Saying, take and eat. This is my body which is given to you. This is my body which is broken for you. Take and eat of this, and as often as you do so, may you remember me, may you embody me. Ministering to you in his name, we give you this bread of life.
joined together in this bread of new life, this bread of hope and help. On that same night and in that same manner, after dinner, Jesus took the wine and poured it out into a cup and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink of this, and as often as you do so, remember me. Ministering to you in his name, we offer you this cup.
Jesus said that this is the cup of forgiveness poured out for us all. This is not a cup of the hope of forgiveness. This is a cup of the knowledge of the true forgiveness. So let's join together in the celebration of this cup. Let us pray. Dear God, you sent us your son Jesus to live and love and share life and this meal, truly making him Emmanuel, God with us. We came to you broken and you have healed us at this table of love. We came to you questioning and you have answered us at this table of faith. We have been fed at your table and now we are ready to fulfill our ministry in this world. As you have nourished us to be your body, your kingdom come, your will done on earth as it is in heaven. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son Jesus who died so that we may live forever with you in hope and peace, in love and in joy. One people, united in love, forgiven by grace. In Jesus' name, we lovingly offer you this prayer. Amen.
This is a place of hope. This is a place of help. Sometimes it's a place to give it. Sometimes it's a place to receive it. At this Christmas time, as we step into this season, we step into this boldly. We step into this as seekers. We step into this wondering. We step into this with firm faith. We step into this holding the hand of God, saying, take me, lead me, help me, be my strength, so that Emmanuel, God with us, who came into this world, can guide me to be God's light, your light, and all the world through me. May we go with this blessing. May we go with this challenge, now and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.